welcome to Solve This Murder. I am your public domain detective, Bill. And I am your fair use crime scene, criminal, witnesses, assistant detectives, rival detectives, because this story has everything, Danny. This is a new mystery. I hope you're all prepared. New is very much in inverted commas there. For us, this is a poor, this for is me. This is not newly created by any means. So this is, I believe, the second time we've done this for this show, which is we are tackling an old Agatha Christie story. We recently did The Mysterious Affair at Styles. Is that what it's called? Yep. And the more and more time goes by, the more of them creep into the public domain. It's brought in. And we're it's finding here. the ones that you haven't read. I've never read this. The Murder on the Links. I'm assuming it's about golf because I'm the links is the links, links is just links is golf. It's golf either golf course. or sausages. Oh, it could be a murder about sausages. Uh, and I'm taking on the detective role for this one. The this mystery will will be however long it is. We don't know yet. We haven't finished recording it. We haven't started recording it. I have turned this 28 chapter book into five pages of notes. So well, that see sounds concise. Um, and then after this one, we'll be back to a mystery written by me and run by me, uh, which is in the works. But we figured, why wait? Let's do a public domain murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get started, is there anything that we need to to cover going in? I am. Not, I feel like last time we did one of these, I took on the role of Poirot, and See, you had Hastings as a friendly character. I didn't character. quite remember that, but for this one, it very much feels like the way to do it is for you to be Hastings, Poirot to maybe be like have little bits of input, but not as much as you might think. All right, I, well, I think you can handle this one largely on your own. I, I'm better off taking on the role of Hastings because I think it more accurately fits my <laughs> ability to solve a crime. You might say that. Oh boy, does Hastings have some clunkers in this one, in as my will, opinion. As will I. <laughs> I am nothing if not a man with clunkers. Um, I'm, I don't know how much we need to do to get into this. Just a reminder of everybody, I hope you're enjoying... Uh, if you're if you're a fan of the show and and you've just and you found this episode, spread the word. I know we have fairly inter- intermittent uh, <laughs> releases of new mysteries, so you should always let people know. Jump online, shout it out at the rooftops. Let people know there's a new mystery. You'll know already how many parts the mystery is. So. Get prepared for X number of weeks of enjoyment. The more popular this show gets, the more pressure we're on to keep releasing stuff. <laughs> that is true. But look, as promised, we're getting back into it. So this is the new mystery. Also, for people who are listening. Just before we get into it, we don't often mention it on this show in the way we do on our on our other shows, but we have a Patreon. If you want to help support the show, I won't talk much about it because let's get into a mystery, but we have an entire bonus series of us solving small little lateral thinking mystery murder crime puzzles, which has been going on for like 60-something episodes now, I think, that you can get access to if you join the Patreon. There are badges that get sent out and all this other fun stuff, as well as a sort of pick-a-path adventure novel that Danny has been writing. There's a whole bunch of fun stuff in there. So if you want to help support the show, if you want to get more things and and fun extra projects and and bonus shows, go and check it out. There's a new episode released every week over on the Patreon. But in the meantime... Let's. Let, I think we're ready to get started. All right. All right. So I don't know exactly how clear we've made this character of Arthur Hastings to everyone. So let's just spend a bit of time getting you into character first. Okay. So let's say you you've recently been working in Paris. You recovered from your war injuries quite yes. some time ago. World War One. Indeed. Indeed. I think. And you've done some secretarial work for an MP. He's recently been working in Paris, so you've been doing some scribes there. Pretty boring stuff. And for our really. American audience, that's a member of Parliament. Sure, sure. And Parliament is like the lower house. Now you're on the train back 
Did the tunnel exist yet? It probably didn't. You're on a train. No, you're not, because they're on a train to Calais to, to get, get on a boat. This is pre-tunnel. Wow. I'm leaving France to get on a boat back to England. To go and see your friend Poirot, who is residencing, residing, that's the word, in London at yes. the moment. My ex-Belgian police private detective Poirot. Very now you're all impressive. caught up, everybody at home. And let's just see how you handle situations. Uh, you're in your carriage. Sitting opposite you is a girl. She's about 17, maybe. I'm in a train carriage. Yes. Good. I say, what, what? How are you? Good to get back to jolly old England, right? She is going to look at you with a look that sort of embarrasses you as an, oh my God, he's old sort of oh, way. I'm so old. Her face is extremely covered in makeup. What are your thoughts? Oh, well, look, if I'm, I'm if an Agatha Christie novel... Yes, you are Hastings. I'm Hastings. He's probably like, what a, what a young freak. What a, <laughs> what a weirdo covering himself in makeup like all the young girls nowadays. Yes, but it's, it's a pity, really. It's a pity, really. Mm. She's, she's disguising God's natural beauty. How, how about the next thing she does? She looks out the window as your carriage is starting to leave the station and she sighs and she goes, oh, hell. What an improper young lady, swearing. Exactly. It's okay. ridiculous. So we're establishing that Hastings is a prude. Mm-hmm. But then again, he's a British man from, what, 1920 or something, so we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, eventually she notices your drastic offence to what's going on and <laughs>, laughs. She gives you a bit of a conversation. She, she throws you a bone and talks to you a little bit. Turns out she's saying hell because her sister was meant to get on the train and just didn't, just ditched her. And yeah, starts talking to you a little bit about your job. Uh, she asks what you do. What do I do? I'm retired. I just told you. Oh, I'm a I secretary. I literally for, just told you. For people who are playing along at home, expect more of this. I'm a, se- I, you know, I'm a secretary for a member of parliament. She goes, oh, wow. That's a really boring life. I'm so sorry that you don't do anything more interesting. I did something more interesting, young lady. Years oh. ago, mm-hmm. in the war. Oh yeah, and I'm that kind of for it now. That kind of sucks. In fact, the train rolls through one of the battlefields. Uh, I saw good men die out there, young lady. She notices your expression as you do that. I'm haunted. <sighs> well, anything else going on in your life that's more interesting now? Hmm. Yeah, I'll tell her about Poirot. Yep. I say I've got a very cool friend. You do like showing off a little bit. It's he hard to resist. Me. He thinks you know you've read in the paper he solves all those cases. Ha <laughs> ha. Not without Mister Hastings yep. here. This Am is... I getting accurate to how the book is going? It's not too far off. It's right. pretty good. I've got good. a good read on the character. I think <laughs> she is super into that though. She is apparently things haven't changed. She is big into true crime. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And she starts to talk about her job, and she tells you she's an actress, but not that kind of actress. What? Wait, what does that mean? Not, not that kind of actress? Not like, oh, big fancy having people take my photo on stage being interviewed by the papers. No, she's a, she and her sister are like a child, almost vaudevillian tumbling act. That's exactly... You know what? Mm. When you said that kind of ac- actress, that's the kind <laughs> of actress I pictured. Uh, but yeah, she and her sister have a vaudeville tumbling act together? Her sister and she had an actress she's, that couldn't flop. She's Velma Kelly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I okay. Okay. She is a Velma Kelly type is what I'm writing mm-hmm. in here. So you just keep chatting and by the time the train arrives at station, you offer to escort her onto the boat and to take her over while she's on there because you know that channel it's a rough trip. 
God, man, Hastings. She she laughs at you and says yeah, no. Please. She's a vaudeville tumbler, Hastings. She can stand on a ship, you freak. And that's the last of that. So this is just your nice character introduction to well, probably, Hastings. Probably won't come back at all later Can't on in the story. So. No, it's probably just a fully self-contained <laughs> little adventure. Okay. All right. Now, you make your way into London and you go to visit your friend Poirot. Yep. He says how terrible your boat trip must have been because you know that channel. It's a rough journey. He, oh, mon he ami, just... I hope you held on to any little girls there. <laughs> I hope you stopped them falling yeah. over. Yeah, he hates boat travel. Yeah. He hates air travel. He hates all of it. But he's also bemoaning the fact that things have been a little boring lately. And so you very kindly say, well, have you checked your post this morning? Maybe you'll have a letter about some big exciting case. Sure. Okay. And Poirot says, yeah, sure. What are the odds? And sounds like the odds are pretty high. And you go and you find a letter. He finds a letter and he says, uh, Madam wants me to look for her cat. Nope. And he throws that one away. But then, then there is a second letter. And you can read this one. Now, everybody, Danny told me that he threw away a letter about a woman trying to help. I don't know if this is... I don't know if this is set dressing or whether later in the story it's going to be incredibly relevant. No, wait a minute. A cat, a cat, a missing cat. Oh, my God. So I'm, I'm, I can't take Danny's note from her until I finish writing down that a woman wanted Poirot to find her cat. Asking to find cat. Okay. Let's look. Can I read this letter? Villa Genevieve. Merlinville? It's hard Mer to know how Mer to Frenchly pronounce pr Merlinville, French isn't it? It just says Merlinville. It's Merlinville. Like Merlin the Wizardville. Merlinville sur mer? Yeah, Merlinville sur mer, which is by the sea. By the sea. Or above the sea? Sir? Like, probably above the sea. I don't know. Sur mer, France. Let me try that again, everybody. Villa Genevieve, Merlinville sur mer, France. There will be some very questionable pronunciations throughout this mystery. If you speak French... Sorry. Go home. Dear sir, I am in need of the services of a detective and, for reasons which I will give you later, do not wish to call in the official police. I have heard of you from several quarters and all reports go to show that you are not only a man of decided ability, but one who also knows how to be discreet. I do not wish to trust details to the post, but on account of a secret I possess, I go in daily fear of my life. I am convinced that the danger is imminent and therefore I beg that you, that you will lose no time in crossing to France. I will send a car to meet you at Calais, if you will wire me when you are arriving. I shall be obliged if you will drop all cases you have on hand and devote yourself solely to my interests. I am prepared to pay an any compensation necessary. I shall probably need your services for a considerable period of time, as it may be necessary for you to go out to Santiago, where I spent several years of my life. I shall be content for you to name your own fee assuring you once more that the matter is urgent. Yours faithfully, P.T. Renaud. Renard? Renaud? Renaud? Renaud. Renaud. I have to know. How do you pronounce R-E-N-A-U-L-D? Is it Renaud? Is it Renaud? I would probably say Renaud, maybe with a little D at the end that you can't really hear. Renaud. But French was not one of my languages, so I'm just guessing. Isabelle Renaud. I'm not saying Renaud every time. But it's Renaud. Sure. Renault. We'll, we'll take Renault. it. We'll use our pitiful anglicised R's. We'll, we'll stick with Renault. We'll just get the right shape without the correct... I'm not speaking French. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that Poirot says, 
given that we've just been uh, had a little conversation about how much he hates travel, he might send Hastings in his stead. <laughs> be like, ugh, travel, and just send me. Let's take a look. He gives it a look. And he hands it back to you and says, did you notice the postscript? I didn't notice the postscript. Yeah. Man, right. I'm so bad. Yeah, this is pretty bad. Down the bottom, below the signature, there is a much more hastily scrawled line. It's barely legible. And it says, for God's sake, come. For God's sake, come. Does it look, and it's just written by hand. The rest of the letter is like typed up. No, no. Uh, the rest is also handwritten. And in fact, but this is a different script? Or no, it looks like the same person's handwriting. It's just the rest was controlled. It was neat. It was orderly. This is a very different mood. That's like he wrote the first letter thinking, ah, there's something going on, and then something must have happened for him to be like, no, seriously, you have to come. Yeah, it just the normal one was polite, not urgent enough. That's really interesting. Does Poirot want to, does he want to well, leave? That is definitely interested Poirot. And you know what, to be honest, you were kind of hoping that he might send you on your own. You've just been to France. You're comfortable with the area. You can do this thing on your yeah, own. Yeah, come on, deputise me. A little bit bothered that he feels the need to come as well. But, Ugh. you know, whatever he does say, like, Renault does say that it's a matter of privacy and discretion and things. So it makes sense that you could only possibly go if Poirot was there as well. You guess. I suppose that's true. Hmm. Yeah, no one wants to send a letter to Poirot and get Hastings arriving on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you have a thing. This is how everybody feels when they email us and I respond instead of you. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you have a uh, think about it. That name, P.T. Renault. P.T. Renault. It strikes you. you. You've heard that before somewhere. It he feels... is like a P.T. Barnum style character. He's the richest <laughs> man in France. Uh, you wouldn't go that far, but he is definitely a rich businessman. Wait, man. I have clues. He owns a golf course. You don't know anything about it being a golf course. No, but I have clues to help Hastings guess. Okay. Does he own a golf course? Not, not exactly. All right, sure. He, he's a super rich dude. You don't think that he's French. You get the feeling maybe you've heard he was actually like French-Canadian or something by birth. But, oh, you know, he fun. made a fortune in South America. And now he just has properties all over the places. He's got a home and a holiday home in England and just recently bought in France, like super recently, weeks okay. ago. He did mention Santiago as being somewhere where he had made money. This is very true. But anyway, yeah, so very simply, you get right back on the boat to France. Ugh. Is there at least a young vaudeville actress to keep me company on the boat ride? You get Poirot. Damn. All right, I'm returning to France to find the mysterious Mr. P.T. Renault. Yeah, so you've done a bit of research into where you're going, this Molenville-sur-Mer. Uh, on the trip, you do a bit of reading about it. It seems like it's a quiet seaside area where typically it's for rich English people to buy some holiday property. Okay, sure. That, that tends to be who goes there. Is that why it's called Merlinville? Maybe. Because the Brits love Merlin. Mm. You get off the boat, you arrive at Calais and you wait. You were told in that letter that a car would be sent for you. Yeah. And you did everything right. You wired him. We and wired all. ahead the time? Of course. No car. Interesting. No car arrives. Yeah, just no car. Can I It's a bit annoying, the... but you figure maybe it got lost in transmission. Who sure, knows? sure. I'm sure that, that happens sometimes. Mm. Like, I'm assuming if I ask around, uh, there's no one who's like, yes, the, the cars are all wait over here. Yeah, no, nobody specifically knows anything in that way, but they do, do people say... people know where P.T. Renault lives? Well, you're in Calais at the moment. You're still a fair distance away. Ah. 
you are not in Merlinville yet. Oh, okay. But because you're in Calais, it's a pretty decent sized town. It's very easy to get a hire car. Should you want to take your own? It seems like a fair decision. I'll grab a hire car. Great. Unless there's a bus. Did buses <laughs> exist in <laughs> France in 1920? Didn't buses exist in ancient Rome? Wasn't that the whole point? Yeah, they had <laughs> They, <laughs> they flintstoned it. They flintstoned the buses around. <laughs> Let's go. Let's right. let's jump on the. Let's yeah. get our own car. Though no. that is worrying that the, he didn't send a car. Yeah, nothing too wild for the trip. It takes you a few, a couple of hours. That's how big France is, I assume. You go along the seaside. It's absolutely gorgeous. You drive past the. There's a couple of neighboring towns, and then you get to Merlinville, the main little town, and the rich people properties are a little further up the hill. They got to get the view. Sure. Well, let's head up the hill so to the rich people. You follow the town. road to those ones. Eventually, you follow the signs that seem to be going in the right direction towards Villa Genevieve. All right. You see a fork in the road coming <gasps> up. Poro, I found a clue. I jump out <laughs> and I pick up the fork. The uh, murderer must have been eating cake yeah. here on the road. See, you interrupted me too early, Billy. The problem is. <laughs> what, it is a fork in the road? Right before the fork in the road is a big gate. <laughs> Damn, I can't get to the fork. <laughs> that was our first clue. <laughs> Okay, so the road splits after a big gate. Uh, yes, there is a big gate. So there are a couple of villas there. So it must be, there are some holiday places that are almost like complexes where you've got multiple properties inside the one clunk. Yeah, sure. You know, rich people stuff. This all makes sense. Yeah, it's like a, like a, like a gated community. Almost. A little, but yeah, with only two properties on it. Because the left fork goes to a pretty small, it's a villa, sure, but it's much more modest looking. The other one... You can only barely see because the hill keeps going up and all you can see are the little tips of roof. But based on how the hill has curved, you can tell it must be a pretty gigantor house. Great. I have, I have written in my notes, left modest villa, right hilltop mansion. Mm -hmm. And you're just wondering what to do because this is before the days of intercoms. And out of the small villa, a young woman steps out. She is super gorgeous. She is just like long flowing blonde hair, picture of a beautiful girl on a lovely French Riviera holiday. She looks at you and presumably in a French accent that I'm not going to do, asks if you need any help. So she's come out of the modest villa? Yes. Oh, yes, miss, miss, please. Um, We're here to see Mr. Renault. Uh, could you possibly let him know that we're here or perhaps you could open the gate yourself. Yeah, sure. Come in. <laughs> she oh, just easy. opens it right up here and she says, cool. So you want the other one? It's right up the hill. You can, you can't really see it from here, but you'll, you'll know it when you get to it. There is another gate on the way up. Oh, thank you so What's much. And what was your name? Uh, Marta. Marta. You said that like I spelled it with an E at the end. You're correct. <laughs> M-A-R-T-H-E. Oh, Marv. I mean, her name's look, this is true. My my language learning background is largely German. I don't know how that's going to go in French. Marth. It might be not. Yeah, if I know anything Marth. about French, which I don't, it's that you are, you should ignore all the consonants <laughs> and half the vowels. Yep. It's just m. Her name is m. Um, well, thank you so much, Marta. Um, we'll just make her German. Uh, Marta. <laughs> sure. Do you live here in the in the villa? Do you know anything about the terrible things that have been happening to Mr. Bar to Mr. Renaud? I'm going to call him Mr. Barnum at some point. To Renaud? I have no idea what you're talking about. Did you do it? Did I do what? Okay. I don't know. It's a good first step. Poirot's looking at me weird, <laughs> but I think it's a good first step. Maybe they'll just admit to something. I don't need to find the clues if they just tell me the crimes. She goes back inside a little yeah, awkwardly and Poirot goes, 
man, did you see the fear in her eyes when you started saying that stuff? Not not like I did it fear, just <laughs> who is this man fear? <laughs> but anyway, you keep driving back up to the top and sure enough, you reach one more gate. And unfortunately, you get stopped at this gate because while it is open, there is a person standing in the way dressed in a police uniform. Oh, what? Police at the house? Uh, stops officer, what, what's, what's going on? There's, uh, I'm sorry. Wait, hang on. I recognize you. Not not you. Not you. Aww. Not not Englishman. Uh, but he totally recognizes Poirot. He goes, oh, you were coming here to visit Mr. Renault? Um, that's not going to be possible. Oh, no. He's he was dead. murdered last night. Oh, come on. I, I turn to Poirot. I say, Poirot, do you remember when I said you needed to pack your bag quickly? <laughs> and then you just said, no, no, no. Mon ami, everything must be packed with precision and in the correct places. You cannot put your winter coat on top of your winter pants. No, it must go on top of your summer coat. And you spent two days, two full days packing your bag? Look where that's got us, Poirot. Man, you got here bright and early. It's only like 10, 30, 11 a.m. You did what you could. And you're still too late. You're still stuffed you're too it. too late. I wonder how long that letter had been sitting in his mailbox. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> You well, mentioned it was dated that three months ago. The policeman actually says, wait, did you just say letter? Like, what, what letter are we talking about? I look at the policeman and I squint my eyes. How guilty does he look? Does not he have fair. a bloody knife in his hands? <laughs> not so much. Not Is so he much. holding a smoking gun? He's extremely innocent okay. to the point where he won't get a name. All right, then I will say... Which is quite something. A lot of the police get names in this one. Uh, I will say, uh, yes, we had a letter from, from uh, Mr. Renault asking us hmm. to come and help. Sure. He said that... I can't even remember what he said, to be honest. He said that he was in danger. But he knew something was going to happen. Yeah, he implied. He was. He didn't give many specifics. Oh, that's really weird. Why? Why? How did he die? You know what? I'm going to get the lead no, detective. Uh, no, no. I'm going to get him to let you in and let you in on this oh, because cool. you have just confused me a little bit. Good. Maybe it makes sense to them up there. All right. Let's get. Let's head up. You head up. It sounds like if the policeman's confused. I'm expecting a crime of passion or a crime, something or an accident or, so, or something that that you would know in no way think could be mm. premeditated. Yeah. All right. Now, there are a buttload of officials here, so I'm just going to – maybe I won't even bother giving you a name. One of them uh, was Monsieur Bex. We can just make him the police, if you like. If that works easily. That's one of them. He's the only one whose name I remember off the top of my head and could pronounce easily. I don't think there's any way I could screw up B-E-X. Monsieur Bex? So he... Oh, in French, that's B. Yeah. <laughs> So you head up. Oh boy, palace. Beautiful place. You walk up presumably marble steps into marble the main steps, room. A main room, a huge atrium, a giant glass onion sits upon <laughs> the top of the mansion. And you find Mr. Bex, who is in charge of everything. He again recognizes you, greets you warmly, says, Oh boy, I will happily take your help with this. I'm a big fan, Poirot. Oh, Poirot. No one's a Hastings fan. Mr. Mr. Bex, or Monsieur Bex, what happened here? P.T. Barnum has... P.T. I'm going to... It's going to get me every time. P.T. Renault has been murdered? Yeah, uh, this is really quite a strange case. So there's a golf course off to the northwest of the house. Ah, like we go a little links. bit further. Yeah, and it's still in product, in the making. They haven't quite finished it off yet. They were going to open it up to the public, get a little bit of uh, money in from it, but they haven't finished 
creating it yet. It was meant to be open in like a month or so. So nine o'clock this morning, the landscapers came in to do work and they stumbled across a very peculiar scene in one of the spots where they were meant to start digging a bunker. Well, they discovered he, Mr. Renault's body stabbed between the shoulder blades, dead instantly, yep. in an open grave. Oh. Yeah. Uh, wait, okay. Yeah, someone killed him and started to bury him and didn't get very far. Okay, hold on. I gotta make some notes. Landscapers came in at 9am. They saw the body in an open grave. Mm -hmm. Was the knife in his back? Yes. So we still have the knife. Oh, yeah. So in, in good time, we'll be able to get to that and I'll be able to show you everything. Now, he had about now a... did they ever turn him over? Do we know that it's P.T. Renault? <laughs> yes, at some okay. point that has happened. At some yes. point you turned his... Okay, good. We have, uh, the photographers have already been there, so we've moved the body somewhere a little bit more private in the meantime. But yes, uh, well, you know what? We haven't actually done the official, like, IDing yet, but yeah. Like, it's, there's no doubt it's him. Okay, there is very little doubt it's him, but I suppose I'm a policeman. We should make sure of these things. We'll ask the wife. Anyway, the doctor that we've brought on says uh, that they reckon by the time they got to examine him about an hour later, seven to ten hours, at least seven hours dead, at most ten hours dead. So somewhere between midnight, 3 a.m. Uh, yeah, because they, they, they examined him at 10 a.m. And at seven to, to ten hours. Yep, so. yep. Which fits with Mrs. Renault's testimony, Madame Renault. Her testimony places the events at around 2 a.m. Oh, really? I, I'm assuming I should talk to her to get her testimony? Well... Or could you give me the heads up? I'll give you a little bit of a heads up. Uh, we were just about to interview some of the servants who were involved in bits and pieces and had something to say. We would love to get the wife's testimony, but she's in a bit of a state. Well, fair enough, man. Her oh, husband just died. You don't know. Or is she like... <laughs> is her state... Is she going like, whoa, I did it! I got the yeah. gold! See, you don't know the half of it yet. Okay, go on. Here's what we know from the servants so far. We haven't interviewed them properly yet, but here's what we've got. We've got Francoise came downstairs. As usual, she found the front door to the house open. Very unusual, but apparently she figured since nothing had been stolen down here, Mr. Renault must have just gone out for an early walk. Not really something he was in the habit of doing, but as she put it, English people are kind of weird. Fair enough. We are, said Hastings, standing on his head. So she went about her duties as normal. Meanwhile, another servant, Leonie, had upstairs duties, and she went into the Renaud's bedroom, where she found Mrs. Renaud gagged and bound on the floor. What? Oh my gosh! This murder mystery! And okay. that was about exactly the same time that the body was discovered. So again, she went straight to work at 9am. And all she got out of Mrs. Renaud, who was absolutely hysterical and barely conscious, she was really quite in pain from all of this. She's been gagged! For several hours. Fair enough. All she could get out was that there were two masked men. But then as soon as the doctor got here, sedated her right away. She'll hopefully recover soon and be able to give her testimony. I don't know. Give it at least an hour. So yeah, this is quite something. I have so many notes, everybody. Usually when we do these, the, the setup is so... Tenuous? Well, no, it's so like short, right? Like it is just... Here's a murder, arrive, go. And then I can paste my own notes. Mm. But in, with these, these public domain ones, like, 
stuff just there's so much more stuff that just happens, mm. and I'm trying to keep up. I've got a page full of notes yeah. already, and I want to make I've sure that got you a fifth of Danny's notes written. I want to make sure that you have plenty of agency for this, which yeah, is sort why... of going to get through the intro. Yeah, exactly. But that is why at this stage, I think that you can start asking your own questions. I turn to the police officer. Did you do it? Excuse me. Did you murder him? This is not how things are done here. I'm ruling you out. Did you do it? Please rule me out. I'm circling him. <laughs> um, yeah, the one whose name I arbitrarily gave you. Oh, you say that. You say it with arbitrary, but I know that you only know the murderer's name. Yeah. So let me just do a quick recap for everybody listening along at home, because maybe you're doing something else and you want to keep on track. Uh, and also it helps me. We got a letter from P.T. Renault. He says, hey... It's pretty, pretty bad. I might get, I can't give you any details, but I definitely need your help for a, for a fair amount of time. You know what? He didn't mention that he was going to get murdered, did he? He just said he needed Poirot's help and the investigation would be for a long time. It may take him to Santiago. It may take him away. That does not sound like a man who, when he initially wrote this, who thought there was an imminent danger to his life. Ah. I, sorry to have to dispel no, you please, there. Please I do not me. wish to trust details to the post, but on account of the secret I a secret I possess, I go in daily fear of my life. Oh, no, he, oh you're right. He I am convinced that fear. danger is imminent. Okay, okay. When I said he wasn't convinced <laughs> of imminent danger, he's convinced of imminent danger. So he's like, okay, someone might kill me. I have a secret. He, I got to write this down. I got to get, I didn't write down much of this because I figured I had the letter on hand, but I should make some notes here. You're um, welcome to. I think that I think just you've covered make that. a note. Daily fear has secret. Okay, so that's like, and then he says, "For God's sake, come." Mm. Written after the initial writing of the letter, mm -hmm. so something exacerbated his fear. Something made him more afraid, but we don't know what. We'll discover this as we go. We arrive. A woman lets us in. Her name is Marta. But what we know about the murder is he was killed sometime between midnight and three a.m. Stabbed in the back thrown into an open grave, which is wild. His wife was bound and gagged. He was discovered by the landscapers. The wife was discovered by a servant named Leone. And Francoise found out nothing. She just went to the door and went, the door's open, and then went about her business. Mm -hmm. Fine, thanks. And that's it. I'm let loose. I'm ready to go. I don't think I've missed anything. No. How do I start this investigation? I'll try, I'll try to, not, to nudge without... Just forcing you. It would make sense. Can I talk to the landscapers? Or are they gone? They have gone. They've just given a statement. They didn't really have a huge amount to say. It was exactly as... I mean, their statement is basically just, we found him stabbed. Yeah. Great. So I should talk to the two servants. I can't quite yet talk to Miss... She'll to let Madame you know when she's Renault ready. Because she's been sedated. Mm -hmm. Is the doctor here? Uh, the doctor is here, yeah. Maybe I should talk to the doctor. Get sure. a bit more info about the death. I don't know what he can give me. A man with a giant stab wound in the back probably was stabbed in the back. But yeah. let's start there. He can basically, I've already forgotten his name, Dr. D, I'm pretty sure. He pretty much confirms exactly what you already know. Again, time of death around that. Yep, midnight to three. Exactly. Uh, it was likely very instantaneous, likely a complete surprise. No struggle, nothing like that. Just really caught off guard in the middle of the night on the golf course or whatever. You say it seemed like a surprise. He doesn't have any, like, defensive wounds Not on his at hands. All. He doesn't seem like he fought back. No, nothing at all. Have you checked to see whether he's got secrets carved in his skin? Oh, dear. he's eaten a little piece of paper? That's beyond my jurisdiction. Oh, man. You've got to help me with these murders, Doctor. 
So I don't think I'm going to get anything new from the doctor. Nah. It's uh, like, this is not a poisoning case. This is not a uh, uh, weird murder. It's fairly clear the mechanism of the murder. I, I mean, look, oh. at some point, you can check the body yourself to see if you're satisfied with that, but I guarantee you will be satisfied with that. Can we see the knife? It is also with the body, so we're up to... Oh, so that'll be a... I have to go off and find the body at some point. So I I, I won't do that yet. Because I'd love to know, like, for example, it'd be a difference if, like, the knife were missing from the... Like, it matched the knives in this house or matched... There's a lot of information, I think, but the body is not here. I'm still here in the moment. There's stuff to do. I can go to the body afterwards. I know I want to talk to the two servants. I know that Madame Renault is... Incapacitated. Inca- incapacitato. Is there anyone else in the house to talk to? Like, the landscapers have left. The servants are here. Is there, any- is there anybody else if I'm making a list? The policeman picks up his notebook and he goes, uh, we did take a list of the residents of this house. We had Mr. and Mrs. Renault themselves. Jack Renault, the son... Uh, no, that's no good. He hasn't been home for a couple of weeks. Um, Francoise. Francois, uh, yeah, uh, we got Leonie. And the show, no, not the chauffeur. Mr. Renault sent him on holiday yesterday, so he wasn't here either. Uh, no, okay, I guess you've covered everyone. Well done. Interesting. So there's a son, but he's not been here for weeks? Yeah, uh, I didn't pay attention to exactly how long, but no, he's been working in Paris or something. Interesting. And uh, the chauffeur, mm. he sent him away? Yeah, apparently. Do you know when? Uh, Yesterday. Now that's weird, because he promised us he would send the chauffeur to get us. That is very weird. That is so weird that the book has a chapter end on that revelation. Ooh, but we don't. I've still got some people to talk to, but hold on a second. (laughs) The chauffeur, P.T. Renault, sent him away yesterday. That's what I have been told, yes. He specifically said, we called the chauffeur to find out his location, and he said that Mr. Renault had told him he wasn't going to be needing the car for a while. Take a holiday. Do you think that we would have already sent our message to him to say, hey, we're arriving in Calais? Like, would he have known we were coming when he sent this guy away? Based on what my knowledge of the French postal system is, he would have definitely messaged you already. Mm. Whether or not he got a message back from you, unclear. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. I'm not quite sure, but that is strange. He knew he was waiting on, and, and would have needed the chauffeur. Mm. That is That odd. is strange. All right, I might have to talk to that chauffeur one day. Or maybe it just hints some other change in his mindset. He keeps having these different, come help me. No, definitely come help me. And then he's like, well, now I'm going to send the driver away. I don't want Poirot to come help me. Maybe he didn't send him away. Did the chauffeur say Mr. Renault? Maybe Jack did a good impression of his father. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe Jack can just be like, oh, it's me, my father. I mean, m- me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. But I still only have the two servants to talk to. I'm going to talk to some servants. Let's do it. Okay. Let us talk to the boring one. Which, oh, the one who did nothing. The one who went, I came to the door sure, and sure. then I saw it was open. Bye. All I'm right. done. Francois. Not going with the Francois accents, going with Anglais accents. I mean, you can do whatever you want. If you want to, if you want to say, I came to the door, the door Absolutely was open. not. If you want to do a little Madeline voice. Nope. Something. Mm. I went. I okay. came to the door and I thought something is not right. Your Francoise is an older, an older servant. Yep. He goes, "Hello. Yes, I'm happy to answer any questions you might have of me." Could you tell me more about what happened last night? I have no idea what happened last night. Is the problem? Okay. Yeah. Sure. I was asking for your recollections. You arrived oh. at nine a.m. No, I sleep. 
in the house. Oh, you we sleep have, in the house? We have servants' quarters here. Yes, just off the first floor landing. We don't start working. Oh, yeah, well, we yeah. don't work all through the night, you understand. How far are you in your sleeping quarters from the Renault's bedroom? Oh, well, they're a whole story away from us. So if there was a, a struggle in the bedroom, you, you wouldn't have heard it? It wouldn't have woken you up? Well, I didn't hear anything, so I suppose not. Interesting. When was the last time you did a hearing test? Excuse me? I said when was the last time? Yes, that wasn't the kind of excuse me I meant. Oh, good. She could hear me Hmm. when I whispered. Hey, Francois, you you suck. I have worked at this property for 11 years. You think I could do that without hearing? Okay, just checking. Insolent English boy. You said you were an old lady. You said it was a. I an, said I was older. You said it was an ancient, decrepit old woman with a big horn coming out of her ear, going, "Eh, what was that, Sonny?" So I just thought maybe there was an issue with her hearing. I'll have you know, I have great references from the Vicomtesse who last owned this place. I won't have such words from you. Did you work here back before? Eleven the... years, yes. And uh, these years—they've—they've only been actually officially moved in for six weeks. They've only lived here for six weeks. Yes. They they bought slightly earlier than that in the spring, but it is currently uh, early I, June. I did know that he'd only recently bought this house. Mm. And so you've worked here, not with the Renaults. You've worked in the... For, Correct. As, oh, I come with the house. You come with the house. God, isn't that sad? Do you feel like property? I mean, no, I... I got a choice in the matter. I was yeah, willing still, to stay with the house. I chose the house over to, the Viscountess. Oh, was that an insult when the Viscountess <laughs> when the, the the Viscountess left and you were like, no, 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 I was not here for the at house, all, not, not for at you. all. She moved to Tasmania or something. Ugh. Yeah, but I'm mm, I'm just saying, like that seems like maybe you had a terrible relationship with her. Never. She moved out. And she's like, and you'll come with us, of course. You went. What do you mean? Nope. I love the house. It was perfect, but. A woman of my years deserves the French Riviera. Aha, you are old. Can you hear anything? Um, okay. So you, you woke up at night and you went to check the front door? Sure, sure. Is this your normal duties? Yes, my uh, normal duties are to just go around dusting the usual. But obviously, as soon as I came down the stairs, I could see that the front door was open. Interesting. And that's not usual, obviously. Of course not. That's absurd. And so you went straight to the front door and... Yes, that's it's visible from the staircase, so it was quite within view. That sounds like a, everybody, that sounds like a clue. You know when someone says something and it sounds like a clue? When someone's like, let me just make a point of saying the door is visible from the staircase. (laughs) You're like, oh, that's a clue. I'm writing that down. I mean, I would argue that this is the case in many households. Hey, I'm not the one who said it in such a clue-like manner, lady. But anyway, as soon as I saw that, I panicked. This is a very rich neighbourhood. The occasional burglar would not be... It, it's not common, you understand, oh, and it would not. be very not. unexpected, but these things cross your mind. There are attempts every now and again in certain areas. Have there been attempts in your 11-year no, tenure? No, at this house? not here. We've, okay. we've been very good. But, of course, you read things in the papers. It worried me. I immediately thought we must have had a burglary through the night. So I went, I looked in the dining room, I looked in the kitchen. All of the silverware was exactly where it was supposed to be. So I began to think of more innocent explanations. Hey, mm-hmm. quick question. Mm-hmm. You said all the silverware was where it yes. should be. Did you check the big giant kitchen knives? Not specifically. Have you but since? Yes, that everything is where it's supposed to be. Okay, thank you. There's obviously not much more for you to say about this morning. Do you remember mm-hmm. anything from last night before you went to bed? Was there any did 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 PT Renault walk around the house being like, Someone's going to stab me this evening? And you and you didn't think he meant anything, but you thought he was being like figurative with his language or something like that? Well, 
far from it. <laughs> no one's going to stab me this evening. <laughs> I mean, no, there was nothing particularly unusual about his mood. So, first of all, it's my job to lock the front door at night, and I did so at 10.30, oh, as sure. usual. I did so. Sure, I know, so of course you did. I then went up to bed very shortly after. Mrs. Renault and Leone were already in bed. Mr. Renault was not. He was still in his study. But he did not shout. He did not cry. I, I didn't even hear him... <laughs> Pout? <laughs> I'm telling you why. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Renault was in his study. He was still up, not for much longer, but mm. he wasn't making any particular noise. He wasn't agitated. He didn't even have anyone to talk to. His last guest left at 10.25. Oh, did you see them leave? Yes. And who was said guest? Well, if, if you must know, this is where the pronunciation game gets fun. It was Mrs. Dubrow. Madame Dubrow from the lower villa. Do you? B R D A U. What? What? I showed you this one. Okay. D A U. Yep. B R B R E U E U I L I L. Dubroy, maybe. Dubois. Dubroy. Let's go with Dubroy. Dalbroil. Dalbroil. I'm gonna go with Dubroy. I'm gonna say Dalbroil. When I'm Dubroy. Sorry, everybody, but you got the spelling D A U B R E U I L. Madame or Mademoiselle. Don't know yet. No, it was Madame. Okay, Madame Dubroy. So she left at 10.25? Yes. Is she a scandalous wanton woman? Hmm. Or something of the kind? To be in a man's study at 10.25pm? I will say I consider her somewhat of a bad one. Interesting. Why is that? Because of things like that. It's not the first time. Does she have a vaudeville act with her sister? No. Okay, just checking. Just checking. So she left at 10.25. You, you saw her You know leave? that she's like 50, right? You think you can't do vaudeville when you're 50? <laughs> yeah, so she left at 10.25. Yes, You saw her true. out? You saw her leave? Well, I didn't see her out. Mr. Renault saw her out. But okay. yes, she left. All right, lovely. And then you went to bed and, and he was still awake when you, when you went to bed? Yes. Although I, I did hear him come to bed. It was only about 10 minutes later. Okay. So you can hear him coming up the stairs. The stairs from which the front door is visible. Correct. <laughs> okay. Those stairs. Those very stairs. <laughs> those very stairs. And you heard him. But what you really heard, I'd like to be clear, mm. was the clunking steps of a person going up the stairs. I suppose that's he true. He didn't walk up the stairs going, my name's P.T. And I'm no. going to sleepy because okay. I'm sleepy P.T. Did he? Very well, I grant you that. Look, I'm just making sure that we all understand when we're making uh, assumptions... And when we're making assumptions. Fine. And this was an A assumption. I heard the sound that sounded very much like the familiar footsteps of the master of this house going up the stairs at 10.40pm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to get caught up later on where Danny's like, but they never saw him go to bed. I want to be sure that we're all on the same page. But I'm still writing in my notes that he went to bed at 10.40. (laughs) (laughs) Character indignation is not necessarily my indignation. Oh, I know. All right. Uh, is there anything else I want to ask her? Um, Francoise, has PT been... I know you've only known him for a few weeks, but has he been acting strange lately? Worried? Looking carefully around corners for shadows that might jump out and stab him? You know, well, you know, I would agree with you there. Both him and Mrs. Renault. And I think it's pretty obvious as to why. 
You think it's all? Why? Well, this Mrs. De Broy business. He's been very clumsily hiding that for the last few weeks. He has been attempting to hide it? Well, I mean, surely. You suspect it was an affair? I don't like to use that word. You suspect it was a dalliance. But yes, Mrs. Mrs. Renault has been, look, I don't even know if she knew, knew, but I think she must have known subconsciously. They acted devoted to each other publicly when in the same room as each other, but you can see she has definitely been changing over time. He's become, yes, nervy. Interesting. Um, and did he ever confide in you a terrible oh. secret that would lead to his death? Not so much, no. we Worth didn't. checking? Yes, we weren't on those terms. I didn't think so. I just thought I'd check. Well... I think, Francois, I think, thank you. What do you think, people at home? Do I need to, is there anything else I should ask Francoise? I've asked her about the night before, the night after. I could ask her more, like, I've got a little bit of the, of the, the people involved. I know now about, Miss, about Madame Dubroy, that PT was kind of jumpy, that he definitely didn't go to bed at 10.40, <laughs> that he, he and his wife seem to be more colder in person than in public, uh, and that he's been, I don't Wait, what? Well, that they were very showy out, like, that they're publicly they were quite showing of affection, but not oh, so much sure. at home. Okay. Um, but Francois, I suppose I could ask quickly, do you know anything about the other servant, Leonie? She's a bit dramatic, let's put it that way. She might try to show off a little. Fair enough. And do you know at all why Mr. Renault sent his chauffeur away? To my knowledge, he said he wasn't going to be driving. And I didn't see any reason that he would be. That's fair. And uh, have you met uh, his their son, Jack? Yes, of you course. You would call him Jacques? No, of course. I just know he's, they've only been here for some time and he's been away for a few weeks. Oh, that's true. The last two weeks or so was the last time I saw him, but he did spend a good deal of time here before that. Okay. Nice boy? Eh. Okay, good. He's a boy in his 20s. Ugh. Well, I don't think I need anything. Also, he barely speaks French. Yes. We've been having this entire discussion in fluent French, yes. by the way. Hastings speaks perfect French. He learned it on the battlefield. All right. Well, thank you, Francoise. I'm sure I'll have some other questions later on while I realise I forgot to ask you something. But for now... I'll be around. I think before we finish this episode, I should get chatting with Leonie. <laughs> all right, all right. She better say something cool and cliffhanger at the end of her conversation. No problem. Oh, yes, hello, I am Leone. You do sound oh, dramatic. Oh, what a terror. What a horrible morning I have had. Fair, I mean, Ask look, me anything. Anything at all. I'm an open book. Look, I will say, she sounds very dramatic, but you know what? Fair enough. Uh, I say, Leone, <laughs> tell me, tell me what happened this morning. In oh, gruesome detail. it was miserable. You wouldn't believe. I thought the worst thing happening to me was spilling my own tea three days ago. My life has been perfect since then. Why do you do this to me, Danny? <laughs> Why do you have them say things with such strange specificity? I have to put in my notes that she spilled tea three days ago because in... Two hours, no, no. someone's going to be like, the only... Oh, it's okay. I made that up anyway. <laughs> I'm just trying to emphasize how perfectly my life was going. Okay, good. Because I'm waiting for a poison that says the only uh, symptom of the poison is shaky hands. And I'm meant to figure out she's spilled I'm just a local girl from the village, from a good family. I came here hoping for a nice job with, on a great area with a respectable family, equally as nice as my own. And this happens. <laughs> Okay, okay. I walked into the room. I just had a feather dust. I was just gonna dust, and the room was all mess, and the woman was on the floor. 
I pulled a gag out of her mouth and she said there were two men, masks, and then she fainted dead away. Okay, thank you. I heard nothing through the night, by the way. You I sleep slept soundly. Do you sleep in the servants' quarters? Mm-hmm. On the first floor landing? Yes, that's right. And you would say that you have good hearing? Yes, exceptionally. What about this? Can you hear this? Easily. I walk further away. <laughs> what about this? Okay, I feel this... like this isn't a good use of my time. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, so you also, the two of you, you and, and uh, Francoise, you just sort of start dusting the house together in the mornings? I mean, not together. We have different you... areas yeah. that we've allocated okay. for ourselves, but yes. I don't know if I need to ask her a huge amount about the morning, because it seems fairly fairly clear what happened. Yeah. I, like, she found the body. The I body. Agree. She found the, the yeah. wife of the body. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And she was gagged. And she said, two men, masks, no. Yep, you don't find any particular new information about that discovery so let's from her. ask about last night. Uh, <laughs> Leonie, you, I know what happened this, this morning, and, and it, it mm-hmm. is a terrible tragedy. <laughs> and and uh, one day you can write a book about it. But um, for now... What happened last night? Anything strange or, or, or different than normal last night? Oh, yes. I answered the door last night. <gasps> to whom? Uh, a, a young woman. Was it... Oh, a young woman? Yes. Not Madame Dubroy. De- oh, no, De- no, no, no De- that was the previous night. She, she came over the previous night. No, this was someone completely different. Uh, look, not dissimilar, I suppose. She did also have the same sort of dark hair, but no, definitely younger. And I think uh, she was English. Wait, can I stop for a second? Yes. Want to just talk to Danny? Mm-hmm. Jump out of that voice. Go. Yeah. Okay. Didn't yeah. Francois tell me that last night? Yes. In his study? Yes. She was talking to Madame. Or yes. he was talking to Madame Dubroy? Yes, she And did. that he saw her out? Yes. But now Leonie's saying that two nights ago was when Madame. What is going on? And, and that last night it was just a young woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, but she opened the door, so maybe did Francoise just assume that it was the same woman? That's weird. Okay, sorry, sorry. Back now, can you reanimate the, the body of Leonie and jump back in? No! Can you just quickly oh, God. pull her collapsed carcass off the this floor? This is very and throw strange. Your, and drop but your soul sure. back inside okay. through her ears and then retake over her body, please? Please. Okay, thank you. Yes. you oh, I was under the impression it was. Madame Dubreuil, who was here last night, it was it was not. It was a young woman. Yes, who told you that it was Madame Dubreuil? That's ridiculous. Well, Francoise. Well, maybe she just she's, assumed. Yeah, she's getting on have in I years. I guess you, she's forgetting. Have things. I told you yet about the difference? Maybe her from... eyesight is vanishing. Oh, I didn't think. To, <laughs> I didn't think to to try and hold fingers up from different distances. God damn, Francoise! How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Did she get it? I hold up three fingers above my head for Francoise. She says, I told you that Leonie would show off with a perfect eyesight and okay, all that. Okay, okay, can't see. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put as a note of Francoise, <laughs> blind. Done. Um, it was definitely her, and also M- Mr. Renault and Mrs. Dubroy also speaks English, so you can't just say, "Oh no, she was English, so it can't have been her." That doesn't work. Okay. And then Francoise leaves. Go away, Francoise. Mm. Okay, so Leonie, uh, <laughs> did you recognize this young woman? No, not at all. Haven't seen her before. Does she look like the woman who lives next door? Have you seen her? What? Yeah, I mean, Madame de Broy. No, uh, Marta? Oh, the daughter. No, nothing oh, like that. It wasn't Marta. No, no. She's blonde. I'm never going to want to write down de Broy. D-A-U. And also, once again, I'm pretty sure they, they started out speaking French from the little that I heard, but you could tell there was an accent. I'm pretty sure it was an English accent. And then they were speaking English when they came out. And that was at 10.25 when she left? I would say thereabouts, yes. That sounds right. 
Do you know at all what they were speaking about? I know it's not good, and well, as a servant, you shouldn't repeat gossip, but if we want to save your look, life from the murderers who are going to come for you next, look, you better I tell do, me everything. I don't like to brag, but I do know a little bit of English, and sometimes they talk too fast and I can't catch all of it, but right at the end, as they were coming out of the study, I did hear something. He was letting her out the door, and he said, Yes, yes, but for God's sake, go now. Yes. Yes, but for God's sake, he's used that phrase before when speaking to us, idiomatic, go now. Mm. Okay, hold on, I'll get back back to that in a second. Um, Late, uh, I'll ask you the same sorts of questions. Lately, has he he been acting strange? Have you seen anything? Oh, yes, incredibly. Almost as soon as he arrived here, he started going downhill. You know what it was? You know what it was? I bet this is why he came here in the first place. You know, he's had all these international dealings. It was the mafia. I've heard about them. You know, it's the 1920s now. They're making a big name for themselves. Guarantee it. Danny, do I have to consider the mafia in this mystery? Or is she just a (laughs) ridiculous woman? I look at Poirot. Does he go, ugh? Or does he go, ooh, ooh, and twiddle his little moustaches? He uh, curves his moustache into a frowny face. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm not going to care about the mafia. She's just a freak. God, no, no, now the mafia. We're going to get to, we're going to look at part five of this mystery. We're going to reveal that the mafia tried to shoot him three days ago, but they hit the (laughs) handle of her teacup and she dropped it on the floor. God, I hate mysteries. (laughs) All right. No, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Go home. I know you're already home, but leave me alone for a second. So, I've got two major goals right now. I want to examine the body, and now I'm on the hunt for a mystery woman. (gasps) Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. If you want to try your hand at solving this murder yourself, send your current theory in to solvethismurderpod at gmail.com and you may end up on our wall of detectives. If you enjoyed part one and you cannot wait another week for the next part and to see where this mystery concludes, our Patreon donors at www.patreon.com slash consumethismedia will have all parts of this mystery available to them right now. So if you're the sort of person who enjoys binging and just needs to hear that answer, that's where you'll find it. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Wit from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.